0: The numbers told the story they always do.
6: This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
0: Good Friday morning. It's a numbers game at Visa. the Sports Betting Network, v the Visa app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here. Good morning. Jeffrey, how you doing, man? You excited for the games tomorrow?
6: Yeah, I'm Excited, they're finally here. <laughs> it's not quite the uh, not quite the Super Bowl lead up, but it kind of felt like that this week, hasn't it? Let's play them. Let's play them already.
0: Um, got a whole bunch to get to today. Paul Carr, first of all, will join us to talk Premier League soccer. Also, World Cup draw. You know, the World Cup's in November during our beloved American football seasons. So that's gonna be a little t- that's gonna be a little difficult down in uh, Cotter. But if you got World Cup fever, we got the draw for you, uh, and Paul will break it down. Vinny Maliula will join us. Jason Weingarten will uh, stop by in studio too. He'll just hang out with us, uh, talk about some. I have so I. We'll get into that one tennis pick today uh, as well. We will do that. Uh, we'll do that next segment first though. I, I just want to get into some of the stuff that happened yesterday in. The NBA once again, Giannis doing big things. Giannis Antetokounmpo Kempo with a game-tying three, and then the winning free throws in overtime. And Jeff, this is what I've been trying to beat with these NBA awards now for every, you know, for weeks now on this show, which is relating it back to the NL MVP from last year. I had the Juan Soto 75 to one. He finished second, but the whole while through, I was like, we as betters, we get so wrapped up in these markets that we are too close to the sun on these, and we it's very possible we're missing something. And I kept saying Brandon Crawford. I kept giving that example of me going back to San Francisco, talking to my Giants buddies who are like, you know, they're like, well, Brandon Crawford's winning the MVP, right, Gil? Like, they were so – they had such a different perspective. Yes, they were Giants fans. But there was a lesson in that because Brandon Crawford shouldn't have been 100-1, to and sure enough, Brandon Crawford finished third. And so the whole time we've done this on this show, we've done it on primetime action, when we look at the Rookie of the Year and Evan Mobley's this massive favorite, we're like, why is Cade Cunningham 9-1? to Why? And Cade Cunningham and Scotty Barnes were, like, distant long shots compared to Evan Mobley. He was, like, minus 900 at one point. And so last night, Cade Cunningham did it again. For the Detroit Pistons, big night for Cade uh, in the Pistons' one hundred two to ninety four win over the Sixers. By the way, bad loss for the Sixers. And the Sixers, apparently at this point, they're just like, well, we're just gonna we're gonna see where the uh, where the chips fall in terms of uh, in terms of seating. But Cade Cunningham, twenty seven points, two rebounds, six assists uh, ten of twenty shooting. Um, then we saw Scotty Barnes shorten, but not Cade Cunningham. What are you seeing Cade at now? Six to one still. What do, you, what do you got him at? I just don't understand. So, and now, someone killed me on Twitter. Someone was like, ah, oh, you don't understand anything, Gil, Evan Mobley's defense. Uh, you think a rookie of the year is going to be decided on that? I don't. Evan Mobley also hasn't played much he's recently. Out. That's, right. He's That's right. That's and, right. And by the way, enough of a runway where it's not negligible, not like a hugely significant amount of games, but not negligible either in a rookie campaign. And we had, we had again, uh, Mike Adams on from the Sporting News on Primetime Action the other night, and we talk about Rookie of the Year. Like, this notion that we apply to MVP where, oh, you got to play on a team that's doing well. This has never been a traditional reason for voting for Rookie of the Year. You do not have to be on a good team. This is not something that that is traditional. And so I don't want to hear that about the Pistons either as compared to the Cavaliers. And ultimately what, what Mike uh, Adams said, he goes, how you do, Rookie of the Year? to Be quite simple about it: is points, rebounds, and assists. And Kate Cunningham beats both of them. Talking about Mobley and and Scotty Barnes. So I think that I still think that's an interesting bet. You wanted to say something? Yeah, we.
6: I have the current odds please. right now. Bet MGM. Mobley's minus three hundred. Barnes plus two eighty. Still get Kate Cunningham seven one. I mean, still can get it. I just, I just don't get it.
0: I don't get it. And then the MVP, which I brought up the Tony Kornheiser thing. And also the Micah Adams thing. So I had said the other night, right, seconds after or minutes after Joel Embiid had his very soft putback blocked by Giannis, I said to, I asked openly of Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin on primetime action, which I talked about here yesterday, which is, do you think a play like that this late in the season, a simple little play like that, can sway not all voters, but enough voters who are are kind of on the fence about an MVP and just be like, well, you know, there it is in a snapshot. Giannis doing his thing, dominant over Embiid, and it would switch votes for MVP, perhaps away from Embiid, to Nikola Jokic. That was my thinking, right? And maybe catapult Giannis up for Defensive Player of the Year, kind of in the minds of voters. And then I watched PTI. Kornheiser brings up the exact same question the next day, yesterday, but he his conclusion from it was, do you think that sways votes away from Embiid and gives them to Giannis for MVP? And I was like, wow, that's interesting, because it brought up the Brandon Crawford thing. Like, maybe we're just too close to the sun. Maybe we're staring at these betting markets so much that when we saw Giannis at 9-1 to and 10-1, to we just figured, ah, he's got no shot. It's Jokic versus Embiid. By last night, I said out loud on primetime action, I don't think Embiid has any shot to win this award at all. Like, within a matter of days, to me, he's got no prayer anymore just in the same way that Steph Curry was the de facto MVP and then had a bad shooting month and he has no shot, same way that Russell Wilson was absolutely going to be the NFL MVP and then Pete Carroll decided to deflate the football, figuratively. The same way that Chris Sale was going to be the AL Cy Young at the end of July, out completely, and then he wasn't. I don't think Joel Embiid has a shot. And Micah Adams said the same thing as Kornizer. He goes, I don't understand. These are non-betters, right? He goes, I don't understand. How is Giannis 9-1? to one? There's no way. And then Giannis does his thing last night. Ties the game with the three, wins it with the free throws. A monster game for Giannis last night. Absolutely monster game for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. And Giannis does it again. And what is Giannis down to now? 5-1 to one are we saying all of a sudden?
6: Depends on the book. As high as there's still some 7 out there. Not a lot of 7, but there is still some 7-1, to one, and as low as plus 475, it's up.
0: 44-14-6 last night for Giannis at victory for the Bucks over the Nets, 120-119, to as the Nets now precariously close to being a 9-10 game in the play-in as we come down the stretch versus a 7-8, and that, that's, that's going to be a massive thing to have to win two games versus one. We'll see. They still got an easy schedule, with the Nets.
6: The four-way tie... For the seven through ten in the East is very much in play now. Because Cleveland has a two game lead over everyone. The Nets, the Hornets, and the Hawks are all 40 and 37 mm-hmm. right now, Gil. Yeah. And the Cavs really, since the Jared Allen injury, have really looked mediocre. Nosedive. So the Cavs the Cavs had three of their last five against Philly. The Nets and Milwaukee. I don't know how much Milwaukee's gonna try in the final day of the season. But a three-way, or excuse me, a four-way tie between all those teams is absolutely in play. Brooklyn plays Atlanta over the weekend, which all of a sudden is a ginormous game.
0: Ginormous game. And we've been saying Brooklyn has like the easiest schedule the rest of the way. By the way, there's only five games left in the season now, so the rest of the way is kind of an exaggerated phrase. But legit again with Brooklyn, let me just say, we'll get back to Giannis here in a second, but legit again with Brooklyn, I just want to pound this again. One of the things that we have not stated enough, and I want to just keep going on record every day as saying it once, if they, if they end up in a 9-10, they have one bad game. The Brooklyn Nets, the short shot to win it all for most of the season, whether they had their players or not, will be dunzo. That you really do want to get to the 7-8 and 8 just to have a mulligan in case you have that bad, that bad day. And what was Kyrie? What did Kyrie say last night? Or what, what did you glean from what he was no, saying?
6: That, 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 I, again, he was uninvolved in the overtime. It was sure very was. strange of how uninvolved he was. Uh, I, I had to double-check the quote exactly. But it's something along the lines is he felt like a decoy. Doesn't expect that to continue. Wow. I actually kind of agree with him. But the sensitivity, like just the need to express your feelings well, well, every night. Gil, I, I will say this. Watching that game last night play out the way that it did, and we have talked about this now. Milwaukee doesn't care who they draw. They if any of the teams in the East are not gonna try to quote unquote tank to avoid Brooklyn or try to win to get avoid Brooklyn, they don't care. I agree. And that was proved last night. Down seven after the flagrant two on Middleton, under four minutes to go. Doesn't matter, and they win the game outright. That team is really, really good, Gil. And right now, if you're making me bet something in a futures market, you can still get six to one to win it all. I think Milwaukee's the only thing you Re- can do right remember now. Remember before
0: the season, Jeff, we looked at the futures pre flop I know where and you're going. I just kept saying, I was like, "Wow, the defending NBA champions are nine to one." Literally, never see that in the history of the NBA in our lifetime. We're a defending champion now. Now I get why, right? Because there were so many injuries in the playoffs last year, and but nine to one on the defending champions. There's a reason that they were the defending champions. It wasn't just a luck fest. So, and here we are, back to where we started. And I couldn't agree with you more. By the way, the other the other thing that still plays out, though, and I mentioned this yesterday, will Boston at three now? They're at three, and Bo- and Toronto's at six. They would meet in a first round ga- in a first round series. It will be interesting to see the last week of the season, the last week plus here. If the Celtics and Sixers have a frantic run to try to go down to four, the Celtics for the reason of we still don't know who's vaccinated and who's not. And they have rules in Canada where you can't play if you're unvaccinated there. So that, that's going to be the one
6: bit of intrigue down the stretch. Here's the one other thing too, Gil. Chicago got a win they had no business getting last. That's right, fifty from fifty for DeRozan, Uh, the ninth time someone scored fifty in the month of March, the most in the last twenty years. Gil, this is going to be complicated. This last week is going to be very complicated to see to see how teams play it. Because everyone is so jammed up in the Eastern Conference right now. Because Toronto's only a half game behind Chicago. They could hop them and end up in the five seed pretty easily.
0: Back to Giannis, because I want to put a bow on this. So, the point being that I think Giannis is closer to Jokic than Embiid is. And that the betting odds don't reflect that. But, in the end... Do you believe that Giannis will win MVP? He can't not win MVP and not Defensive Player of the Year, right? He can't not get any of them.
6: I don't think he's winning Defensive Player of the Year if you look at the market. So we're,
0: we're just this, this guy who could be the best player in the game. Sorry, Nicole, I think you are still too, but he's just we're, we're just so used to him, we're not
6: going to give him anything. That's how it is now. I think that's kind of where we're at, unfortunately, for him. And he th- is the best player in the league. There's not no arguing that anymore. Well, it's Jokic and him for different
0: reasons. But you see, I still think, I mean, I have a Jokic bet. I don't have a Giannis bet, but might want to add one. Fascinating. We'll come back. Tennis and then the NFL season wins markets next. Numbers game visa. these.
2: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo.
1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. A numbers game
5: with
0: Gil Alexander on VSEN. The sports betting. A numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com to uh, download the app won't take you but a few seconds. Actually, download the app on your phone, of course. Then go to any BetMGM location, brick and mortar, and it'll take you just a few minutes to sign up, and then you are betting in the state of Nevada. It is that simple. BetMGM, the king of sportsbook. Visit BetMGM.com and download the BetMGM app. It's Gil Alexander. This is a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network. Um, okay, tennis. Uh, today by the way we are down to we are down to the finals now on the ladies' side in Miami and we are down to the semis on the men's side in Miami uh, there's only one play today and it is as you might expect a complete flyer on Francisco Serundolo, <laughs> who's that plus I got him at plus four fifty seven over casper Rood you might be able to get him at a more favorable price uh, it's this morning. I think it's 1 p.m. Miami time, 10 a.m. Pacific time, if I'm not mistaken. Listen, um, is Casper Rude a better tennis player uh, than Francisco Surundalo? Sure. Is he better on hard courts because Surundalo's number one surface is clay? Sure. But should he be anywhere close to plus 457, given the numbers that I have at my disposal? Hells no. Surundalo on a f- complete flyer at plus 457. It's not a complete flyer because I'm actually betting it. sure but uh i think we i think we have a i think we're alive at that number i really do i really do i think it's just tremendous value cerundolo's numbers on hard courts here and not even that short term even if you go back are surprisingly outstanding now he's had, he has had some good fortune here in this tournament to get this far granted but at plus 457, that's the uh, play in tennis of the day. Now, before, before we flash up the futures, let me just uh, go into sort of an explanation on all these, Jeff, which is uh, if you followed this show um, for, you know, years now, you know that we have done extremely well not only on daily tennis picks but also on futures. Uh, as far back as hitting Bianca Andreescu in the 2019 um, U.S. Open on the ladies' side, Sophia Kennan on the Aussie, on the Australian Open 2020. Um, of course, Iga famously at the French Open in 2020 at 33-1. to 1. Um, And on and on, we have had winners, by the way, Iga in multiple tournaments. She's trying to win her sixth tournament of her career. We have been on her in four of them, if she is, in fact, going to get to the Promised Land. What a showdown on Saturday between Iga Sviatek and Naomi Osaka. Um but as you know, last week, if you followed the show, we had Ega at Indian Wells at plus 750, bet it four different times, had her at plus 480. She got home. Here in Miami, uh, I mentioned to you before the tournament, I was like, look, the only thing Drew Dinsick was on, I said, I, I couldn't resist not taking Ega again. I hope you picked up on that. Plus 450, got her four different times of that number, got her plus 350 twice, plus 200, plus 180, minus 107. She's minus 190." Uh, ish in the final against Osaka. Osaka, by the way, if her serve is on uh, it's always going to be a tight match so nothing is, believe me, nothing is a, a done deal and Iga can have moments where she's dominant and then all of a sudden loses her feel uh, and then comes back. A little of that happened last night against Jesse Pagula, but Iga hasn't dropped a set and she hasn't dropped a set since the Eisenhower administration, it seems like but, uh, but Svatek, of course uh, huge decision for us on Saturday. Now moving forward Um, I mentioned this, and this has to do with the French Open and Wimbledon, which are obviously the next two majors, clay and grass. Um, French Open is Iga's greatest surface. Uh, Of course, that's why we bet her on the French Open a couple years back at such long odds. Um, I have previously said that I thought she would win double-digit majors. I will now amend that to I think she will be the greatest women's tennis player of all time. Period. I really do. Um... I had her three different ways in the French Open at plus 450. And then Ash Barty, Ash Barty, retired at the age of 25. Ash Barty would have been, of course, Iga's biggest competition at the French Open. Even with Barty, though, I bet Yatek at plus 450. And then Barty retires. And so that night when we were on primetime action, everybody kept texting me. Uh, right as it was, we were leaving here, Drew Danielli Daniele, Daniele Avari, everybody who, who cares about tennis was texting going crazy about the Ash Barty retirement. So everybody tried to grab whatever Sviatek futures uh, they could have. And I think you might have been still able to find like her at a stray plus 350 or at a three to one, but basically it crashed at that point for the French Open. So you won't be able to find plus 450 anymore on the French Open. What I did, I mentioned one thing on the show that I did, and I didn't mention the other. So I looked, scanned all the apps around town. I saw that the, you know, there was no more value to get on Ega and the French. But I saw that there was a stray book here that had Ega still available at Wimbledon, a tournament for which she is not the short shot, by the way, because she's never won on grass before. Naomi is a shorter shot than her on grass. Arena Sabalenka is a shorter shot. By the way, Emma Raducanu, God, is a shorter shot than Ega on grass. We could talk about that, but... Yeah, that shouldn't be. But anyway, there was Eagle was at 9 to 1 at Wimbledon and I grabbed that and I mentioned that. What I didn't mention is because I wanted to grab and this was a bit of this is a bit of hey, some things I got to keep to myself and then I'll let you know about it as soon as I'm done betting it. Carlos Alcaraz, his best surface is clay. And so what I really was after that night was Alcaraz on was Alcaraz, was also in addition to seeing EGA at, at Wimbledon, they also had a stray number on Carlos Alcaraz at the French, 11 to 1. Now, here's the deal on Clay. As long as Rafael Nadal walks this earth and holds a tennis racket, he's always going to be the favorite or the short shot. Novak Djokovic, who beat him last year in the French, is always going to be as big of a threat. And Dominique team if he decides to play, if his injuries are okay and he plays the French, right now it looks like he will, he is also a threat on clay. But Alcaraz's best surface is clay. We have bet Alcaraz on this show as, as as far back as two years ago. I used to call them a, a, like end-of-the-earth nighttime clay court tournaments uh, somewhere in South America. We used to bet on him and he was just he was 16 years old at the time uh maybe even 15 I can't remember I think 16 it couldn't be 15 16 at the time and it was just like who is this kid he's unbelievable and now he's bulked up and if you saw the match last night against Ketsmonovic what a masterpiece that ended up being he's in the he's in the semis against Rocs today and Alcaraz is appropriately priced but i got alcaraz at 11 to 1 the night that Al, that the night that ash barty retired again ostensibly a search for, hey, did all of Ega's French open numbers drop? They did. I've already got the price. I'm not going to get a better one. But, oh, look, there's a stray Swatek number at Wimbledon, and there's the stray Alcaraz numbers at the French. So I bet it they kept letting me bet it. They didn't change the number. So I bet it four different times at 11 to 1. I also, in another location before that, had actually bet him at 7 to 1. I think any 7 to 1 is kind of as low as I would recommend. So if you can find anything – at seven to one or longer on Alcaraz at Roland Garros, I think that's a bet. Um, you might. I, the most I'm seeing right now in some stray spots is nine to one. I'm not sure what you're seeing, Jeff, but that's those are the futures bets that I have. Futures outrights for the upcoming tournaments. And again, Ego on Saturday. Hopefully, cash is big for us. What are you seeing?
6: MGM wise, Swattek actually now the favorite at Wimbledon. Oh, so. They're on there. There you go. And what is she? What is the number of Wimbledon? Four. Four, four to one. one. Fascinating. I, I would imagine that if Osaka beats her this weekend. That would change. That will likely move Osaka, who's currently second favorite, yep. to the favorite. I would agree with that. So I would imagine that there. Al Caraz, I, it looks like MGM actually has a stray number that is not as good for us at home here. He's nine to two. Plus oh, four fifty. You know, don't bet that on on, on the French Open don't right now at MGM. So shop around. There are better numbers out there. than Yeah, on
0: there are better numbers. There, there are some there are some better numbers out there. Uh, grab it while you can. Again, this is you know the the world is sort of discovering it. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know about all these players. Um, but it's it's one of these things again with tennis. And I had this discussion with somebody yesterday. We have made hay on this sport. I would argue it's as good as anything in any sport that you'll hear uh, anywhere. And yet the American sports fans, right, and American sports betters are not about it. And so there's always a clock in my head going off about it because, you know, it's like, hey, do you like money or do you not? But do you want to hear about it or not? That's a different question, right? So anyway, that's what I have. Someone asked, and those are the plays. But again, back to today, I am taking a flyer on Francisco Sarundalo.
6: Yes. Just going through this real quick, the Wimbledon women's numbers are wild booked. They're book. all over the They're place. They're all over the map. Right. So well, make sure you shop.
0: Yeah, you got to shop on that because there are places where Spout Tech will be like the fourth shot on that. Again, she's never won on, on grass. Grass is the shortest season of any given year. So the data is smaller sample size over time as well.
6: Yeah, one prominent big book in the newer jurisdictions has her behind – Osaka, Sabalenka, Radakanu, and Halep. So and Halep.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mentioned the first three of them.
6: And Halep. Yeah. yeah. So all four of them. So she's number yeah. five on that book.
0: Yeah. Which you know has uh, some historical basis to it, right? But I would argue again. Let me just let me just say the the outlandish superlative comment that I made earlier, and we'll end it at that. Which is, I have previously been on record on this show as saying Iga Fiatek will win double digit favorites because I think she'll win about eight French, right? conservative, you know, just let me throw out a number, some ridiculous number of French. I believe she will be the greatest female. She will be the greatest ladies tennis player of all time when all is said and done. There you go. NFL season wins. Yes, no playoffs. Next numbers game Visa. These-
7: Gil Alexander on v the sports
0: betting network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at vcin.com is available now. And Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weigarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today and get full access to v through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL draft for only $19. At spring. It's Gil Alexander. Um, Paul Spore will join us a little later on. How about that? Baseball week. Get some uh, season long player ideas from uh, Mr. Spore from Fangraft, Sleeping on the Bus Podcast. Uh, we get texts, we get tweets from Richard Palma. Love that segment. Thank you, Richard. Richard's a tennis dude. Uh, Chris Felica. DraftKings had EGA 7 to 1 for Wimbledon, he said. My other two books don't even have Wimbledon up. Uh, this is, uh, let's see, Matthew Mayberry. You were spot on from the jump in the NBA. Bucks and Suns were the best futures bets back when the season started, and they probably still are now. Bucks over Suns again in the finals is what it looks like to me. Yeah, man. We said <laughs> That was exactly what we said at the beginning of the year. We're like, how are these teams as long shots as they are? People just, they get locked into their super teams, their, their idea of what a you know a star-studded team looks like. How about, the, how about the teams that were just in it in the finals? Uh, let's see, do, 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 do Steve at Steve five, four, three, zero, 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 eight, six, nine. Cause apparently all the others were taken fair enough. Going with Gil's gut We'll throw a few bucks on Sarundalo today. I'm telling you, man, I just look at the numbers and I'm just flabbergasted. The hard court numbers on Sarundalo supposed to be a clay court guy. And they just pop off the screen. Uh, Joe C714, how impressive has EGA's mental game improved to get broken serving for the match and then come back in boomerang break? Impressive, yes. Shout out to Jim Courier for the term boomerang break, where you come right back and, and break back. Um, by the way, Jim Courier, Jeff, the greatest former pro athlete announcer for my money there is in any sport. Better than Romo, better than anything. Jim Courier. Let's get him on the show. Phil Weiss, take it easy on Ega, Gill. You're going to mush our mammoth bets on her this tournament. <laughs> He's right. I will take it easy. Sorry. Uh, Tim Fraley, Alcaraz, 5-1 to one at Caesars. Pats equals six Super Bowls. Where can I bet Ega futures? None of my books are showing any posted futures for. Tim Fraley, Ega plus 600 to win Wimbledon at Caesars. Um, on and on. We appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll read some more of those later. Uh, let's talk about NFL season win totals. DraftKings put up NFL season win totals, which is awesome. Also, yes-nos on the playoffs, not to mention all the futures markets as well. And so let me just caveat right at the top here because we try to say this on this show a lot. We get locked into the construct of season win totals. First of all, we know who these teams are playing. We don't know the order of when they're playing these teams. So we don't know if there's you know quirks in their schedule, back-to-back-to-back road games, or if they they play the same team you know twice in a three-game span. We don't know any of that yet. We just know who their opponents are and where they play based on scheduling formulas of the NFL. But on this show, what we'd like to say is season win totals are one thing. Always remember though that shops like Circa put up alternate season win totals. And I don't mean just like one alternate on each side over and under. I mean like three options on each side. So if it, if it seems like an eight and a half, circa will give you a nine, a nine and a half, a ten, and it's and the pricing obviously um is commensurate. But I will I will paraphrase Drew Dinsick, who has been on this show, and one of the greatest things Drew ever said on this show, obviously he hosts his own podcast as well, Deep Dive and uh, and Bet the Edge and NBC Sports, but one of the great things that he said was with alternate season win totals, paraphrasing, the, the notion that those are priced, the alternate win totals, that those are priced with precision is probably a fallacy, right? To, to, to think that those are all priced well. And so the opportunity lies therein so just keep that in mind with all these teams that we will talk about it through the actual season win total but that there's always the option for these teams because if you look back at the final standings every season you see how far off you know Most of these teams end up from their actual pre-flop season win total. By the way, of course, remember that shops like DraftKings also will put up now adjusted season win totals as a season progresses. This is the kind of thing, if you listen to Beating the Book podcast and the Betting Dork podcast for years or this show for years, you know that I used to talk about my favorite thing in betting was this off-the-grid thing I used to do, sort of like a stock market of the NFL. You may remember me talking about that. Now it's all out there in the open, adjusted season win totals, but that's essentially what that was about. So anyway, looking at these, and we did this on primetime action last night, Jeff, we did the AFC West and we did the AFC East. So let's just start with the AFC West, where you see the Chiefs at 11, the Broncos and Chargers both at 10. And by the way, the Broncos and Chargers essentially had the same numbers across the board in almost every market. Yes-no playoffs, where they were both favorites to make the playoffs at about minus 150-ish, um, futures for the, uh, not only the division, but also for the, for the conference, also for the Super Bowl. And then the Raiders bringing up the rear in what is considered not only the best division in football, but maybe the best division of all time top to bottom in football, where the Chiefs are at 11, the Broncos and Chargers are at 10, and the Raiders are at 8.5. The Raiders are the only team in this division that are in plus money on the yes to make the playoffs. The
6: only team in the division. Yes, sir. That Raider number looks very interesting there, Gil. Explain yourself. What do you mean? Well, let's just go through this real quick in that division because we're not arguing at this point because this division on paper. Well, I just want to because I have a topic sentence to get to at the top and
0: then I want to hear your Raiders' thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. Let me just say the Chiefs part first. So we were guessing what the Chiefs were going to be and we batted it around like a week ago. And we're like, well, 11 and a half would be too high. Everybody would bet the under. Remember, 17 game seasons now. Ten and a half would be too low. Everybody would bet the over. And we guessed it'll be 11 flat. And sure enough, it comes in at 11 flat. But I will tell you, Jeff, when we went through this, and I go, this is, by the way, I, uh, let me just caveat this by saying, I get it. This is not as precise, if, if this was ever a precise exercise, but it's certainly not as precise these days going through this stuff game by game and assigning the old, oh, win, loss, 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 win, win, win. You're right. That kind of thing is always rife with uh, pitfalls. However, in the case of the Chiefs, to me, this is an under or nothing. Keep in mind, this just in Tyreek Hill, no longer a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. But in addition to the division games, right, Broncos, Raiders, let's just go home schedule first, Jeff. Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, obviously, right, division games. Home game against the Jaguars. All right, there's your, there's your bingo, your free bingo spot, one would assume. Home, listen to these other four home games. All right, and home Seahawks also. Listen to these other three. Home Titans, home Bills, home Rams. Uh-oh. Away games, obviously Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. Away Texans, okay. Listen to these other away games. Bengals, Colts, Niners, Cardinals, Buccaneers. How are they getting twelve wins? Mm-mm. They're not. They're not. <laughs> They're not. They're not. That's a push or under if I've ever seen it, and and th- that to me again, that's like people still in the market. I would I would assume and and books know this right. People are still going to think of the Chiefs as what they are. But that schedule and because it's a first place schedule, right? So this happens. That is brutality, at least on paper. So to me, that is. Just on the on the actual season win total, that is a – of all of the ones we looked at, oh, my God. Now, here's the thing. We don't have DraftKings in Nevada. The The under was slightly juiced at minus 140, but not nearly juiced enough to not want to bet it. If I was in another jurisdiction playing that, I would be undering the heck out of that. Excellent use of the word heck, if I may just compliment myself. Very nice. Thank you. What were you going to say about the Raiders?
6: I, I feel like that win total is too low. For, and I, for the Chiefs? Or, oh, no, the Raiders. The I'm Raiders. Sorry. No, yeah. the Chiefs? yeah. In all honesty, I would have made a 10-and-a-half. Yeah. And I still would probably come under it, 10 and You may half. get to 10-and-a-half. Yeah. So, for the Raiders, Gil, it kind of, it, just because of the moves that were made in this division, at least let, we'll take the Chargers and, and the Broncos, for example. I think the Chargers are correct at 10 because you improve the defense. You have an elite corner in Jackson. You have a second elite pass rusher in Mac. You still have all your offensive weapons. They essentially replaced Jared Cook with a younger version of himself and Gerald Everett. That team's going to be really good. We've said this with Denver. Are we certain that Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson still? We don't know. We can only hope. If he is, then Denver's going to be really good. If he's not in a tough division like this, it's going to be hard for them to get the double digits. But the most underrated move this whole offseason it just is seemingly forgotten because it happened in the midst of the craziness is the Raiders picking up Chandler Jones. You're right. And the, you had problems blocking Crosby and Ngakwe last year. How are you blocking Jones and Crosby? So, especially with the Chiefs who... And oh, by the way, Devonte Adams. Oh, I and mean, Devontae Adams is pretty good too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the Raiders who I thought overachieved last year by making the playoffs, winning a lot of close games... They're better than they were last year. I think going over 500 is very much likely for him, them. So eight and a half. The only team, a little bit of an over, who's
0: yes to make the playoffs is in plus money in that division. <laughs> it's now, crazy, the, isn't it? The other thing, but while all these things were going on, all the you know the Chargers' defensive moves, right? Getting Khalil Mack, getting J.C. Jackson, all the Raiders' moves, getting Devontae, getting Chandler Jones, obviously Russell Wilson. I remember in all the midst of that, I was like, I, I set the uh, the AFC West collective season win total at 42 and a half. And people were like, oh, that's way too low. It's over, Gil. What are you talking about, 42 and a half? By the way, if you look at this, it's 39 and a half. People, you don't overreact to things. Even my 42 and a half was an overreaction, right? Like, just, it's just, you know, it's, these things have a way of working themselves out fascinating to look at. Maybe we'll take a look at the AFCs later on the show as well. Soccer Next with Paul
5: Carr. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where
2: kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs>
1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeart Radio's iHeart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
5: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VCN.
0: Make your first wager and win big during BetMGM's March matchups. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any college tournament game. And if any team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code MM200 when you register. Plus, you'll learn, uh, you learn BetMGM rewards points, that is. That can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at MGM resorts. Sign up today and use code MM200 to win $200 if any team hits a three during BetMGM's March matchups. Get it? March matchups? mm Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. It must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, overrun by tennis tweets. I will uh, skip those, and I'll go to the football ones. Action albatross. We all cashed on your Denver Broncos over correction recommendation. Uh, win total last season. Chargers look like the 2022 target. What he's referring to is after week one, you remember Denver, Denver won a game. They were favored to win week one, and their season win total adjusted after week one went from 8.5 to 11.5. And, again, as someone who's been doing these kinds of things off the grid for years, I'm like, uh, that's not right. Under, <laughs> it just made no sense whatsoever. Uh, this is from Rich PSM. If either Mahomes or Kelsey miss any games under 11, it, uh, under 11 is a lock. Extra playoff team makes Raiders uh, a lock. So let's be careful with the word lock. Master of puppets. The AFC West teams will spend the season beating one another up. Anything over 10 is an under, I feel to do Michael Dortmire where the Raptors land is another mystery and reopens the back situation, let alone fading KD and opening round. Yes. We've been talking about the, the strangeness of the Celtics, not knowing if they're vaccinated or not, and trying to figure out if they are going to try to avoid the Raptors. It's interesting. Very interesting. Final week of the NBA season. Um, okay. Paul Carr, ladies and gentlemen, ostensibly to talk soccer with us because we got to talk World Cup draw. we got to talk Premier League picks. But since you're a Dolphins fan, and since, Je- since Jeff is a Jets fan, can we start with this? Because these are fun to do. Um, the AFC, <laughs> AFC East, Paul, your Dolphins are at nine. Season win total nine. What is your instinct on that?
5: My instinct is over, and I'm generally conservative, but I feel like the Jets probably aren't good. The Patriots are, you know, Probably a little bit worse than the Dolphins on paper. The Bills are obviously still there. The the Dolphins have, if they can take any step forward offensively, then they should be better than last year.
0: Just like with the Broncos and Chargers as the 2-3 in the West, which, by the way, I don't know if they're the 2-3, the Dolphins and the Patriots numbers are almost identical across the board with the exception of a half game in the season win total that per DraftKings. By the way, Dolphins, besides the Bills, Jets, and Patriots at home, Browns, Steelers, Texans, Vikings, Packers, Besides the Bills, Jets, and Patriots away, Bengals, Ravens, Chargers, Bears, Lions, 49ers. Yeesh. Yeah, you get the FC North, which is nice. Now here, now Jeff, Jets fan, five and a half Jets, five and a half Jeff on the Jets. We're not asking for much. But here's the we just want can you get to six? Home besides Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Bengals, Ravens, Jaguars, Lions, Bears, away besides the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots. Steelers, Browns, Broncos, Packers, Vikings, Seahawks. You got six wins in there?
6: Well, you get the bad NFC North teams at home at least. Yeah. You, so, hmm. eh, it's a very low number, Gillen. and hmm. it's, yeah. it's been a lot of years of misery. I'm not touching that. I think that number's right, five and a <laughs> half. All right, Paul, what do we need to know about the World Cup draw, which is taking place
0: in November during our football season, which kind of sucks, yeah. in Cotter.
5: Yeah. So this is fun. It's election Sunday, basically for the world cup. It's today. It starts in just over an hour. Uh, this, Storylines to watch who's going to get Qatar in their draw. Like everybody wants to draw them because they're in pot one with the top seven teams in FIFA's rankings. So Qatar is a decent team, but they're not the other teams in the pot like Brazil and Argentina and France. So everybody's going to want them. Uh, that's the biggest storyline because there really isn't a group of death like there has been in the past because FIFA's made the seeding process and the draw process better. But whoever gets Qatar in their group is going to be pretty happy and think they'll have a much better chance of getting through the knockout Ooh. stage.
0: So we are using group of death again, Paul, because last year when I said yeah. group of death, yeah. you slapped my wrist and you said, we don't yeah. use that term anymore, to which I said, who am I offending? The dead? And you were like, oh, I don't know. And now we're using yeah. it again, yeah. I noticed. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Is it Jeff, Jeff said this before the show. He says it's it's largely considered to be the worst field of World Cup sides ever. Is that consensus?
5: Oh, I, I hadn't heard that. I had to think about it. Um, I don't know. I feel like the bottom... Is about what the bottom has been over the past two, three tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't strike me as particularly weak. I mean, last time we were missing, uh, we've, we've missed Italy. We were missing Netherlands last time. This time, Italy's not there again. Uh, doesn't strike me, at least at first blush, as any better or worse than any of the other tournaments last two, three times.
0: Okay, so um, you do have a future that you like, though sight unseen here in terms of
5: group. <laughs> I, think I feel, I do this I feel like,
0: I feel like you, yes, you're about to say it. I feel like you <laughs> pick this side every time
5: I do. I, I have a, I sprinkled a little bit on Germany at nine to one to win mm-hmm. the whole thing. It's a better price than you'll usually get on Germany to yeah. be honest, because they didn't get out of the group stage four years ago. Uh, they weren't very good at euros, lost to England in the round of 16, but they've got a new manager. Uh, they rolled through qualifying, which may or may not mean something given that the competition wasn't great. Uh, but nine to one's just, better price than you're almost ever gonna get on Germany to win a tournament. So it's almost a Pavlovian response to sprinkle something on them beforehand. It's like every
0: time I'm like, Paul, what do you do? Germany? Germany, Germany. finishes ends. Uh, what's the uh, what's the international side that the casual soccer fan and let me just raise my hand, right? I think we're all kind of in the same boat. Most of us are yeah. right? what's the international side that no one's gonna talk about but you think actually might make some noise, may even win the group, depending on what how that flesh is
5: the team. Out. No sight unseen, the team I'm probably going to bet to get out of the group is Canada. Uh, They won the CONCACAF region in qualifying. They have a a lot of talent at the high end, you know, several players as good as anybody in the region. Uh, But they haven't been to a World Cup since 1986. So if you haven't followed qualifying closely, uh, then you might be surprised that, A, they're here, and, B, they could make some noise. But I think they've got a real shot at putting a scare. They're in pot four because they just haven't done a lot recently.
0: around I think Jeff is like aggressively nodding. What are you, an, are you an international soccer expert now? What's going on with you? You, you, you Canadian, like the Canadians
6: were, we're all a lot of fun in the CONCACAF qualifying and right. they're really good. Paul, who's the greatest yep. Canadian soccer player of all time.
5: Greatest Canadian soccer player of all time. I feel like I should have an answer that to this there's Thomas Rosinski played in Champions league for a while. Uh, he was Canadian. Dwayne de Rosario, was a great MLS MLS player for a long time. Hmm. Uh, Christine Sinclair, if we look at the women's side, is the right answer if yes. we're going across genders because she has the most goals of any international player ever. Uh, but I feel right. like there's somebody I'm missing. I'll probably kick myself as soon as I get off. All right. I look forward to talking more World
0: Cup with you. And it it, it does kind of stink that it's not a summer thing, right. that we can have it's it awful. for content in the middle of summer. Because during the NFL season, you know, it's kind of like, oh, by the way. It just
5: throws off the rhythms, like your yeah. sports circadian rhythms or something. You know, mm-hmm. one season kind of mm-hmm. leads into the other normally. You get a break in the summer and these international soccer tournaments come along. It's just going to be, yeah. Yeah, obviously, I love the World Cup. I'm excited about it. But come November, it's just going to be sports overload. Yeah, totally. Sports circadian rhythm. I like that. All right. Three Premier League picks. What do you got? All right. We're going back to the Chelsea under train. Haven't been riding it all season, uh, but I like it on Saturday against Brentford under two and a half minus one ten. Chelsea's had a lot of players on international duty this pe- last week. And they've got Real Madrid coming up in Champions League next week. So I think they'll be a little bit conservative uh, with the lineups. But Chelsea's defense been pretty good. And the offense hasn't been as good as it was last year. So they've allowed the second fewest expected goals, the fourth fewest expected goals total in their games. Uh, and Brentford only has two goals in their seven games against this traditional big six teams. They just don't put up a lot of goals. So this feels a lot like a one nil Chelsea win. Maybe Brentford scratches one out on a set piece or something. I like under two and a half. When is that game? That one is Saturday. Saturday, and then,
0: ooh, man,
5: you and Leicester City. What do you got going here? Yeah, it should be a fun one. I, I like both teams to score in this. have been on uh, this train as well for a good chunk of the season. Leicester away games. Uh, both teams have scored in 17 of their 20 away games. Leicester's defense has been leaky all year. Just one road shutout. And Manchester United's kind of in a similar boat where they score almost every game, scored in nine of the last 10, et cetera, uh, underlying numbers to match, but their defense has been pretty questionable. So they played earlier this season. It was four to two at old Trafford. I don't know if this is going to be that crazy, but I think both teams get a goal here. And I played both teams to score at minus minus one fifty. Okay. BTTS, both teams to score. I thought it was like a K-pop reference. And at one point when <laughs> it first, it might there. be, I don't know. Yeah.
0: BTS for those who are at home. And then finally West Ham
5: over Everton. You like that as well? Yeah, we're continuing to fade. Everton had success. Uh, Palace beat him in FA Cup last week and what was the other one. I think it was Wolves at uh, Everton. We picked and got the win there two or three weeks ago. Everton just has not been good under Frank Lampard. They've lost five of seven games in the Premier League under him. Uh, they've scored a total of five goals, only had double digit shots twice, and they only topped point eight expected goals once. So whatever metric you want, From there, it hasn't been good offensively for Everton under Lampard. Uh, They've lost all three games under Lampard by a combined ten to one. So give me West Ham minus one twenty five for the win. All right, Chelsea
0: Brentford under two and a half. Man U, Leicester City, both teams to score minus one fifty. Always shop around for the best price and West Ham to win outright over Everton. Paul, thank you. We will talk soon again, probably next week. Champions League next week. Let's go. Yes, go. Let's do it. Paul Carr at Paul Carr C A R R on Twitter from.
2: the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
3: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City